to use that opportunity to go and, and indoctrinate these kids with your street ghetto philosophy. Certain point. If you raise your level of income to the status of a rock star, then uh -huh, uh -huh, then, right. then you got to keep coming up with ways to maintain that status. We, I mean, I'm not even, I'm not even saying eat meat, but at least put some cereal in the milk. Come on. <laughs> you, that's like taking six, 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 the mark of the beast, and redefining it, like Biggie tried to do, and saying, no, it means this or that. No, 666 is 666, you can call it holy 666, but it's still the mark of the beast. Whether it's welcome or unwelcome, you as preachers of the word are to show people in what way their lives are wrong. We welcome you now to A True Church Perspective with Pastor G. Craig Lewis. Galatians 5 and 19, this is the end of the uh, fruits of the spirit or the proof of the spirit um, lesson series. This is the last one and this one is called the sin list. This is Paul's passage in Galatians where he lists all the sins um, of the flesh. And um, I know some of you remember my testimony in um, part one of the truth behind hip hop where I talked about Kevin Thornton and all the demons in him and the way we got the demons out of him was actually reading Galatians 5 and 19 and 20. We read this passage and every time we read one of them, the demon would manifest for one of those. And um, it was really God just showing me, you know, how they were all lodged in there. They're all together, all of them. And it is so weird when I begin to study for part eight of the truth behind hip hop, the similarities with Eris, who is the... Uh, goddess of discord and strife in the Greek, uh, in Greek mythology. All of her kids, these are all of her kids. This is a list of her children. She's actually variants. That's who she is because the Greek word for variants is Eris. And so they, <laughs> what did I tell you? Greek mythology, they're just demons that's hiding themselves in fables so that we will be accepting of them. Even as a culture, you go to Washington, D.C., walk in the rotunda, look up, nothing but demons. There are all these goddesses and gods. You go pledge to a sorority, you pledge to a fraternity, you pledge to Freemasonry, whatever. You're going to take a pledge to a god. Well, it's not a false god. It is a what? Demon. It's a demon. But they hide in these legends. They hide in, in these myths. And they all line up pretty much with scripture. What scripture says about them. You can find them all right in the Bible. And here they are. Paul was listing every one of these because he understood Greek. He understood the Greek uh, belief system. And he understood that they believed that each one of these was supposed to be recognized as a god or a goddess with some kind of power. When in actuality, they're all demons. They're all sins. They are works of the what? Paul starts out saying to Galatians, Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in times past. If you accept these gods and goddesses into your life, then you will not inherit the kingdom of God. That's what he was preaching because he was directly preaching against Gnosticism and he was preaching against the worship of false gods at that time. 
So he's listing all of the false gods right here and telling people, if you accept these, you don't accept the kingdom of God. I think that's something that the sins were represented as gods and goddesses in Paul's time. So we're going to go through this sin list because some people don't know what they're doing when they're doing it. So I'm going to let you know so you won't have any. Look at somebody say, you're not going to have an excuse. You won't have an excuse. You'll know what you're doing when you're doing it. You've done something on this list. Amen. Yes, you have. You'll find. Yep. Yep. Yeah, you have. Yeah, you have. Okay, how old you are? You've done one of these. Amen. And it doesn't make yours worse and this and that. They're all gods and goddesses, all the children of Eris. First, adultery. What is adultery? Sexual relations committed by a married person outside of their own marriage. A single person cannot commit adultery. Only a married person. If a single person does it with a married person, that single person committed fornication, and the married person committed what? Adultery. That's plain and simple, isn't it? This used to be a sin punishable by stoning in the Levitical law because of the false marital bond that was created by this act. See, you cannot think like you think now and understand what was going on in the Levitical law days. You can't do that. You can't use your perception now because we would think, well, they're stoning because somebody was mad because somebody committed adultery. No, they were stoning because the whole act of sex was the consummation. It wasn't the ceremony. It was the sex. That's why you remained a virgin until you were married because that consummated your bond with the person. But that's why they would kill him. Consummation is the act that solidifies the marriage. This is why you stay a virgin, young lady. Because what you have to give to your husband is what really bonds you to your husband. It's not the ceremony. It's not the wedding. You can have 500 horse, horses pulling your carriage. All of, you spend all your money and go in all kinds of debt, which I still don't understand that people do for weddings. Go in debt. Start the marriage in debt. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. I'd take that money and buy something that you're going to need. Buy a car, something, pay it off. So yeah, we didn't have a wedding, but boy, we have a car. And it's ours. But, you know, we're just in a different day. But people think that that wedding makes... The marriage. No, the consummation makes the marriage. Yes. That's why you stay a virgin to present that to your husband. Amen. Oh, I didn't get any amen. <laughs> it is not the license or the wedding, but it's the what? Can I set this straight today? I mean, because we, we're not even thinking like this anymore. We're thinking career and get my education and get my degree and what, let me be a doctor. Let me be a nurse. Let me be something like that. Well, what about your virginity? Well, that doesn't really matter because my goal doesn't even include that. My ultimate goal is to be a doctor. So what does my virginity matter? Well, your ultimate goal should be a wife. And if you want to be a doctor, that's a wife. That's fine. But your virginity is more important than any degree you'll ever get. Because that's what you're supposed to present to who? That's what consummates your marriage. Man, I can't get amen. This, I'm, I'm teaching. I feel like I'm on out of space. Brother, I feel like I'm on Jupiter teaching this lesson. Because folks can't relate. They're like, wait a minute. Just because no one told you, 
doesn't mean that it's not the truth. It's the consummation of the vows through sexual relations that makes the bond. Venturing outside of this bond naturally, of this bond naturally is adultery. Venturing outside of godly commitment is spiritual adultery as well. Revelations 2 and 22. Behold, I cast her into a bed and them that commit adultery with her into great tribulation. He's talking about the Catholic Church right there. So everybody that's committing adultery with the Catholic Church that's under this new pope that's pledging to this new pope all denominations that's modeling this pope with the staff and the fish head and the robes and all the ceremonial guard all of them are in bed with this harlot and God says that they commit adultery with her into great tribulation except they what look at somebody and say all they got to do is repent I talk to preachers all the time they watch my mother of all gods part Part seven. And they watch it. And they're like, man, you're right. You're right about the clergy collar. You're right about the, you're right about the role, man. Oh, that's right, man. You're right. You're right. And the next time I see them, they got it. They... So, I, you know, I ask them, I said, what happened to you? Right. Well, you know, you know, we... what? I don't know. I gave you the truth. You didn't like it. Was it the truth? Well, yes, yeah, the truth. Well, then why are you still doing it? Well, um, see, because those things that pomp is what it's called. It makes them great in the eyes of people. It lifts them up to a higher level in humanity. It's equal to Freemasonry or something like that that will lift you to elite status in the eyes of people. So that's why they can't give it up. Can I tell the truth in here? That's the way we do it in here. Amen. We don't wear that stuff in here. Don't you wear your collar in here. Man, that thing will make you nothing in here. Had to yell that one. <laughs> Sexual relations committed by a what? An unmarried person. Though the translation of this word is pornea, which is sexual immorality by an unmarried person, this word does not always represent sexual immorality in the word. Though fornication is a type of sexual immorality, it is not equal to it. But modern translations that try to use it interchangeably will confuse the context of various scriptures. So various scriptures will get confused if you try to use this only as sexual immorality. 1 Corinthians 5 and 1 is a perfect example. It says it is reported commonly that there is fornication among you. And such fornication as is not so much as named among the Gentiles that one should have his father's. Yet translators in various Bibles confuse the meaning of this passage because they want to make fornication always equal to any kind of sexual dysfunction. Why do they want to make it always equal? So that they can make sexual immorality grounds for what? Divorce. Divorce. So the New Age translators came in when they were translating the Bible. Y'all know the NIV Bible. They took homosexuality out and added temple prostitutes. That's why you have to use the King James Bible along with other translations. Doesn't mean the whole translation is bad, but it means when you want to get a full understanding, you have to go back and use the King James as your reference point. Am I making sense in here? Because you pick up another translation, they'll translate it wrong to benefit a cause that they're trying to establish. Does that make sense? So you get the wrong Bible that'll tell you that Jesus said in Matthew 5 that any kind of sexual immorality is grounds for divorce. He did not say that. He specified fornication. Am I making sense in here? Yes, 
This passage, because they want to make fornication always equal to sexual dysfunction. Matthew 5 is another verse that is taken out of context concerning grounds for divorce. Matthew 5 says, but I say unto you that whosoever shall put away his wife, saving for the cause of what? But if you read that in NIV, it says sexual immorality. You read it in ASV, it says sexual immorality. You read it in these other translations, it says sexual immorality. One translation, the NASB says adultery. And it did not say that. Why would Jesus say that when they would kill you for adultery? So why would you need grounds for divorce and you was dead? That makes, I never understood that. I'm like, why, why would you even need grounds and they're going to stone you? So we know adultery is not. It says specifically fornication. Didn't we talk about this last week? Yeah, because fornication is sex that happens prior to marriage where you defrauded your husband by making him think you were a virgin and you weren't. So you had committed fornication before you married him. That would have been grounds for divorce in Moses' time because you had already consummated with someone so you couldn't consummate with him. Whosoever put away his wife saving for the cause of fornication causes her to do what? Commit adultery. And whosoever married her that is divorced committed adultery. So the scripture is very plain about this stuff but we have to study. Look at somebody and say, you got to study. You got to study. So if you see it in the message Bible, then you need to go get the King James and check it. Amen? Always have the King James. Everyone. Amen. Don't be trying to use veggie tales as your Bible. Get you a real, look at somebody say, get a real Bible. I won't use a Bible without pictures. Well, then you, you ain't gonna understand nothing. The word divorce ain't even in that Bible. Little kids Bible. Uncleanness. Impure desires or impurity. Molestation, incest, rape, etc. produce impurity in us. It creates a feeling of being unclean, especially at a young age. Look at somebody and say, guard your children. Guard your children. All your relatives don't need to keep your children. Amen. All your relatives ain't right. Can I just say it country like that? You know Uncle John got a problem. That's why he never leaves his room. So don't send little Sarah Jane in there with his meal for the day. He's crazy. Amen? I don't care if that's your cousin. And, if, and see, sometimes, and I hate this, but sometimes people are so hard up for a babysitter, they'll let the devil keep their child. No, molestation, incest, rape, etc. These all produce impurity in children. Anybody that's ever been through this knows exactly what I'm about to say. It creates a feeling of being unclean, especially at a young age. This feeling changes our mind about ourselves and we begin to view ourselves as prone to impurity or vi sexual victims of it. Yeah, you feel prone because you're always asking, why did this happen to me? Why would this happen to me? What is wrong with me? So you see something wrong with you and you begin to behave that way, like something is wrong with you. This is where homosexuality mostly starts. With young boys, when they've been molested or fondled by the same sex, or even young girls, they begin to question, what did someone see about me? And then the devil will send somebody to tell them, say, you kind of, you know, you, 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 you act more like a girl than a guy. And that thought gets in his mind, and then eventually he starts acting that way. And then now they've set it up in the school system. Where they can, they, as soon as that boy has questions, they've got a lesbian principal in that school to answer all of them for. 
and to confirm, hey, I was like that, I thought like that, you know, but I've, I've come out, I've let everybody know, and I've accepted it, and, and, and things are changing, and this nation is changing, opinions are changing, and, and the kid is messed up. They have that kid how long? Eight hours a day? How, long, how, many, how many hours do you have them during the day? Four? You have them four hours? Until it's time for bed? And they have them eight? Look at somebody say time equals influence. This causes us to desire the works of the flesh because we feel we are unclean and are always subject to being violated. 1 Thessalonians 4 and 7. For God hath not called us unto uncleanness, but unto what? Holiness. holiness. And this word holiness actually can mean whole or being whole. Well, being whole means that you understand you are not impure. When you feel you're impure, you don't feel you are whole. You feel that you are damaged. Something is wrong. And the enemy takes advantage of that by sending people to take advantage of you feeling damaged. Can I keep preaching? Lasciviousness. Man, this clock right here, boy, if you wake up in the middle of the night and your clock, your clock says that, it's over. It's over. It's too late to pray. Nobody. It's too late to pray. That means time is up. You're going to look up and the grim reaper going to be standing right over your bed. Let's go. Lasciviousness. These are the acts birthed about by the state of being unclean. Lasciviousness is not just lewd behavior committed by a person, but it encompasses the lure of others to it. In other words, in other words, lasciviousness really means lewd lures because it leads others into temptation through the lewd acts that unclean people expose them to. Wow. The demon said that. Me and my wife was right there and we were reading all of these. And when we got to lasciviousness, Kevin, you know, he was manifesting these demons. Then when we got to lasciviousness, he came out. To himself, and he said, What's that? And then I looked it up in the Bible and I began to read it, and the demon began to speak. And so I asked him, I said, So, what were you doing? I said, Have you been like on stage taking your shirt off? And you know, he said, Yeah, I've been taking my shirt off, hunching the stage, doing all that lewd stuff when he was in Color Me Bad. That was lasciviousness. So like Beyonce, Super Bowl show, anytime they are getting paid, or they don't even have to be getting paid, but they're on a grand stage to sexually entice you, that's lasciviousness. So it's a lewd act that leads others into temptation or into sin. Is that making sense? Yeah, so that's what they're doing. These R&B singers and these gospel singers. Have you seen the gospel album covers? With these women on the cover, look at... Virtue? How dare you even put virtue on that album cover? Have you seen them? Straight scoochie on the album cover. Mary, Mary, all of them. Why are you looking sexy to sell a gospel record? Because they are lascivious. No, it's like an old Ohio Players album cover. Some do it for profit, others for approval or acceptance, but the bottom line is it... That it's birthed through uncleanness. So an unclean person is not just unclean, but they want to tempt you or lead you into uncleanness. And that's what lasciviousness is. Amen. Single men, you better watch these women. Amen. All that cologne they spray on. 
swarm of wasps following them into the church. You walk up to them, how you doing? Hey. Lead you into temptation. Amen. That's why we don't come, we don't dress, look somebody say, don't dress sexy in church. You ain't trying to tempt nobody in here. Ain't going to be no lasciviousness in here. Gonna put a choir robe on you. We're gonna wrap you in some of this uh, soundproofing stuff. See how sexy you look itching like that on a Sunday morning. And that's why we got these big old drapes. We just wrap you and swaddle you. Remember, we don't come to church for that. Amen? Because when you're tempting someone, that is, that's, that's lasciviousness. That's what it is. Ephesians 4:19. Who being past feeling have given themselves over unto lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with what? So they want to get paid for it. They want a reward for their lasciviousness. Idolatry! The worship of any other God is idolatry. Let's say that all together. The worship of any other God is idolatry. Now somebody's going to say, well, I don't bow down in worship. I don't pray to that. Uh-huh. Let's see. Let's keep going. The acceptance of any doctrine, relic, ceremony, idol, pledge, song, ritual, etc. is what? Any other doctrine with any other relic, ceremony, anything that is against God or was created against God or created unto a false God is idolatry. Because you can only serve one master, idolatry forfeits your relationship with God. You can have no other God before him, so any other God makes God not your God. Is that plain and simple? He said, thou shalt have no other God before me. So any other God before him makes him... He's not there. So in other words, he'll leave you with your God. You look behind it, he's gone. Acts 17 and 16. Now, while Paul waited for them at Athens, his spirit was stirred in him when he saw the city holy given to what? Idolatry. The whole city was worshiping. And they were in temples worshiping. So, we understand that's idolatry. That's why I preach against this stuff. That's why I preach against some of the music you're listening to. You listen to Neo Soul, you worship in false gods. I can't get an amen on that part. I got to go all the way back to part two. Exodus into Egypt. You listening to it? You worshiping a false god because that's who they're singing about. Listening to earth, wind, and fire? You worshiping a false god because that's who they're singing about. Okay? So you can't say, well, I'm just going like, to like this music, but I'm going to keep God. No, you can't do that if you're singing worship songs to false gods. You're taking pledges and oaths to false gods, fraternity, sorority, Freemasonry, all of that. Guess what you're doing? You're worshiping a false god. Because a false god is a demon. That's what the hazing is all about. That's what all that stuff is. It's just pagan. It's Greek, Roman paganism. But we know in God, we don't have to be hazed and we don't have to be humiliated. We come to God and we let go of all the false gods. Amen? Amen. You can't be having little tiki statues in your house. Look at what I got from Hawaii. Yeah, that's why your nose won't stop bleeding. Been bringing these little tiki gods and stuff. I was in Africa. I think I told y'all this story before. I was in Africa getting ready to fly back 
and these guys start running up to our cars and um, trying to, what they were doing is like their last minute chance to get some demons from Africa into America. So a dude came to the window and said, hey, game, game, souvenir, game. And I looked at it and it was like a face and you put this marble and do something. I said, is the devil in that? He looked, he said, we supposed to be brothers. We supposed to be brothers. Look how you're doing. Look how you're doing. Slavery all over again. You sold us to the slave. Now you're trying to get me to take a demon back. What's wrong with you? And I did. I talked to him just like that. I said, man, why are you trying to give me a demon? He's looking. Trying to make me take that back. I also made this hand would have fell out. See, that's all right, bro. No, no, no. Keep your nigglet. Keep it. But that's idolatry. You have stuff in your house. Come on now. You better go through your house. But that's how these things are. So someone that has prayed, jumped into this stuff, you need to find out what it is. Now, that doesn't mean everything in your house is contaminated. But sometimes, you know, you went, I mean, you got the naked African woman and calling that art the velvet picture and woman's behind and all that. The statue, you know what I'm saying? People trying to be eccentric. Then wonder why your husband won't get saved. Can I keep preaching? Am I preaching in here? Witchcraft! This is not the black hat and the cat and the broom. We learned that in Pharmacos, right? That's not what this is talking about. That was Wizard of Oz, okay? That is not real life. Witches don't look like that. Witchcraft is pharmakia in the Bible or sorcery. Pharmakia or sorcery is what this word is equal to. This is the use of potions, medicine, spells, etc. to do what? To alter your mind so you cannot receive or accept the truth of God's word. Psychotic drugs, anti-anxiety, depression, all of these kinds of drugs, illegal drugs, cocaine, like the old folks say, heroin, LSD, smoking weed. Oh, that's natural. That came out the ground. You're not supposed to smoke it. A lot of stuff come out of the ground. You don't smoke it. Try to use that old Rastafarian logic with me. The ganja is from the ground. God made it. Yeah, but he didn't tell you, how to, to tell you to smoke it. Cocaine comes from poppy. That came out of the ground too. He didn't tell you to turn it into crack. Psychotic drug, illegal drug, smoking weed. Say folks don't smoke weed. Amen. 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 You don't smoke weed. You're getting high. Weed is a hallucinogen. It scientifically is proven to disconnect your guardian from your psyche, meaning open you up for demons. That's what it does. That's why you're high. You're high because you have no control. You don't smoke weed. Books of spells. Yep, novels too. I mean, we're reading horror novels. Why would you read a horror novel? I love being scared. Okay. Your day is coming, Jack. Just keep watching that clock. You're going to wake up one night. Yeah, devil say, okay, you like being scared? This is the use of potions, medicine, spells to alter your mind. Smoking weed, books of spells, palm reading, and what? Horror 
horoscopes. That should be horoscopes. A horoscope leads you on the path of the devil. Takes you totally away from God's plan, reading your horoscope. Using the stars to choose what your day is going to be like. When When in essence, whatever you read, you spoke and you just spoke your day on you. Won't you read the word and speak the day? This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us all rejoice and be glad in it. Before you go to bed, my sleep tonight, my rest will be sweet. According to Proverbs. I mean, come on. Won't you read some scripture and do that? Why are you reading Confucius? Fortune cookie. You go eat the Chinese food just to get the... Now, I don't really believe it, but Confucius did say I'm coming into a lot of money. That's a word. Now, sometimes the word comes from different sources. People do that. Fortune cookies don't even taste good. You break it open just for the fortune. Hey Amen. In in, when you're getting ready to check out with your groceries, you see the little scrolls over there. Man, they don't, people ask me, uh, what, what are, you, are you cancer? No, I'm not cancer and I'm not going to have it. Don't call me that. It's all witchcraft. These are all equal to this flesh work of witchcraft and are used to lead you further away from the truth. You've been listening to A True Church Perspective from G. Craig Lewis, founder of EX Ministries and pastor of Adamant Believers Council in Grand Prairie, Texas. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to be a financial blessing to us, please send your donation to EX Ministries, P.O. Box 24870, Fort Worth, Texas 76124, or donate online at www.exministries.com.